Well, I want to welcome you to Acts chapter 2 tonight. Thank you for uh, being here. <clears throat> I'm excited about uh, the material we get to look at. And we're moving tonight to verse 26, uh, which has to do with uh, celebration, which is, of course, what we've been doing. So we're looking specifically tonight at uh, that particular verse, uh, Acts chapter 2, uh, verse, 30, uh, verse 26. Uh, culture, we talked about this today with the pastor, culture uh, really matters in relationship to the scriptures. Uh, it wasn't written, the scriptures weren't written in a vacuum. They weren't even written to you. Luke, of course, was writing to a group of people, probably Gentiles, and uh, specifically to old Theophilus, which I don't know if that means he's old or whatever, but anyhow, this guy, and uh, he uh, was writing to him, and of course, it was written in a cultural setting with a thought process. And culture is not good or bad, right or wrong. It's just culture. It is what it is. Uh, we have a culture. I'm from Tennessee. I live in Tennessee. We have a culture in Tennessee, a way of thinking uh, that's different than the way you guys think, <laughs> which is okay, which is okay. It's not you're right, we're wrong, you're wrong, we're right. It isn't that kind of thing. It's, uh, you know, you go down to Florida and it's, uh, it gets down to 50 degrees and you're freezing to death. Uh, you go to North Dakota and it's 50 degrees t-shirt weather. <laughs> See, it's, again, not right or wrong, it's culture. Uh, and the culture of Jesus' day in which this was written was a holistic culture. They saw things, their perspective of things was the totality. Uh, our culture's different. We divide things up. We slice things, departmentalize, compartmentalize. We don't go to a doctor. We go to a foot doctor, eye doctor, heart doctor, See, we, we specialize, we divide things up. And I think we have to do that because we're in the information age and hey, I can't know everything. Yeah, that's true, I can't know everything. <laughs> Therefore, I have to specialize. So hey, that's the way, but not them, they didn't do that. And that really affects how you view the scriptures. For instance, we view the whole deal of the death of Jesus and see him dying for us and say, oh, he died to forgive me of my sins. As if he died to forgive me of my sins and when he got done, he wiped his hands and said, hey, I just died to forgive you of your sins. Have a happy forgiveness. <laughs> but that wasn't right, see. He died to raise from the dead. And those two are connected. And when he died and rose from the dead, he didn't wipe his hands and say, hey, I died to forgive you of your sins and rose from the dead so you could be forgiven forever, so have a happy forever. See, he died, rose from the dead to ascend, to establish a kingdom, to sit on a throne, to be king of kings and lord of lords. And when he got done with that, he didn't just wipe his hands and say, I died to forgive you of your sins. I rose from the dead so you could be forgiven forever. And I sit at the right hand of the Father so I could boss you around forever although he probably will. But that's not the deal. See, that, that wasn't it. See, he died, rose from the dead, ascended to the right hand of the Father, all for Pentecost. This. See, we slice that thing up. They saw it as one huge event of God moving in our behalf. And this deal was the cherry on top of the Sunday. This was the, whoa, we're there. This is the, woo, whipped cream dripping from my chin stuff. See, And if you miss this in the whole, see, this is not some weird off to the side, well, that, if you want that, you can get into that. That's not what this is. 
This is a flow of the movement of God who wants to indwell you and be intimate with you. And that's this event. That's what was ushered in through the cross, resurrection, ascension, and now the outpouring of his spirit. And it's really interesting as you get into uh, uh, the passage itself and the sermon as we have been trying to look at it. He gives this text from Joel chapter 2, verse 28 and following. And it's interesting how many times the idea of poured out is given to us in the passage. For instance, if you look at verse 17, in the first verse of the text that he gives for his sermon, and it shall come to pass in the last day, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. It's interesting as you go to the next verse then, verse 18, he repeats that same phraseology. And on my men servant and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. In fact, if you go down then into the sermon itself and go to verse 33, you will discover that Peter picks up on that phraseology and repeats it again. So this is three times in the sermon. Verse 33, therefore being exalted to the right hand of the Father and have received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out. This poured out idea. The imagery of the, of the original language is you got a five-gallon bucket of water. And you just reach down and pick that thing up and you just turn it upside down right over a guy's head. <laughs> See, it isn't a little dab. It isn't a little drip. It isn't, well, partial. It isn't, well, hey, we'll get you a little wet. It is a poured out. In other words, there's no way you cannot be filled with the Spirit unless you just want to resist it with everything you got. Can you imagine an Olympic pool, Olympic-sized pool full of chocolate? And you just fell in. <laughs> Whoa, just open your mouth, son. Just uh, your only prayer is increase my capacity. <laughs> that's your only prayer. You know, that's the sum total of it. Because there's no way you're not going to be filled with chocolate. I mean, it's in your pores. It's in your eyeballs. You just open your mouth and suck it in, son. Just see the only way you, you just... See, this is not God tantalizing you. This is not getting, God, well, pray a little longer, fast another meal. See, it's not that kind of, he's anxious. He's just poured out. This is his dream for you. And Peter, of course, is trying to explain this whole thing. And, and he's moved to the body of his sermon, which is verse 22. And, and we walk you through verse 22, 23, and 24, which is all about a sourcing issue. In other words, what's going on in the 120, his proposition is, what's going on in the 120 is exactly what was going on in Jesus. So the intimacy that Jesus had with the Father, the kind of oneness that Jesus had with the Father, the flow of the life of the Father that was in Jesus. You watched him for three years, man. And all the kinds of th demonstrations that happened through him in terms of love and attitude and the way he handled himself and what he knew. And, 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 the, and the flow of his life was all a product of, of the Father himself, that intimacy. Now, all of that has been transferred into this 120. So the same identical spirit of God that lived in Jesus is now living in the 120. So Jesus was sourced by the spirit in his life, sourced by the spirit in his death, sourced by the spirit in his resurrection. So it's a sourcing issue. So Christianity is not just a doing thing. It isn't, well, I got to learn the right, I got to learn the things to do. No, because you can do all the right things and not be Christian at all. Because this is not about doing right things. This is about sourcing, which may create something in you and your doing that won't be in me and my doing. 
just the uniqueness of people. It's just, oh. again, your fingerprints are different than anybody else's. Your DNA, nobody has it. Have you looked in the mirror? <laughs> you, you're strange. Nobody looks like you. Somebody went to a lot of trouble for you. That they might fill you and do a unique demonstration through you that'll never happen in the world except through you. See, that's phenomenal, folks. So this is not, well, let me tell you what to do and you will, we'll all do the same thing. We'll all raise the hand the same. We'll all, see, that's not this. This is an intimacy with him and a sourcing of the spirit of God within the human life that just literally produces an image of God that we'll never quite see if we don't have you here filled with him. And Jesus was sourced by the Father. Now, obviously, there was some questions going on in the congregation. And, and, and Peter realizes that, that there was confusion because this was a whole new thought for that congregation. And so he says, I know how I'm going to answer your questions. And he says, I'm going to call on Jesus to come up here and, and, and give his testimony of what it's like. And he gives this messianic psalm that we've been trying to walk through. And last night, we, we started with verse 25. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Now we discovered that that literally is the idea of in my eyeball. It's literally the idea of focus and concentration. That Jesus is saying all the time I was sourced by the Father, the Father was in my eye. The whole entire time. So you cannot be sourced by the Father without this, this extreme, radical capturing of your life. That something takes place in the infilling of the Spirit of God that literally just consumes you. That this is not an add-on. This is not, well, now it's a part of. This is not, well, I'm, I'm an athlete and I'm also a Christian. This is, no, 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 no. This is not, well, I'm, I'm an electrician and I also, see, this is not an add-on thing. This, is, this consumes the entirety of your life. This is going to color everything that's in you. This is going to affect every arena and area of your life. Your whole life is going to take on this tone of Jesus because, see, it isn't, the miracles of the Father that's in your eye. It isn't the idea of the Father that's in your eye. This is not, well, I've got a new philosophical understanding. This is not, this is, he is, this is the person himself who has literally come. I've been embraced by this, oh, this Jesus, and, 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 and I don't know him as like I will and like I want to. I, 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 there's a progression going on in the, in the knowledge of him, but oh, he's unfolding and I'm having this revelation and I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and it's just, whoa. Because he's in my eye. Now, he ends up with that and moves us to verse 26, which is where we want to land. And he says, therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope. Now remember, Jesus is giving his personal testimony. And he begins verse 26 with therefore. Now normally, therefore means what I'm going to tell you is based upon what I've already told you. But that's not true here. This is different. This is so exciting. Last night I told you about the idea that when you translate from uh, one language to another, you can't translate word for word, obviously. So uh, you got one Greek word and it'll take two or three English words to even get the concept. Once in a while that will be reversed, not very often, but once in a while. 
and we discovered it was reversed in the word always. That the word always is one English word translated by, uh, translated from two Greek words. So always is a translation of two Greek words. And the two Greek words are through or during and whole or entire. So the picture he was painting was all the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father. Oh, during that whole time, the Father is in his eye. During that whole time. Now you come to the word therefore and you got to almost the same identical thing. It's phenomenal. It's again, and these are back to back, which is so, wow. <laughs> Dead crowd. So you got this, whoa, it's just that, that's so unusual. So what you got is you got two Greek words and you got a translation into one English word. And the two Greek words are almost the same as the word always. Through or during, which is the same as always, through or during, and that thing, not whole or entire, but that thing. So here's the picture. All the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father, during that whole time, during that whole entire time, the Father's in his eye. And all the time the Father's in his eye, guess what? Something else is going on. Well, what is this something else? Really doesn't matter. It's a byproduct. In other words, you don't want to go after what the byproduct is. Well, whatever's going on, because the Father's in my eye, you don't need to worry about that. It'll just go on. You don't need to struggle for it. You don't need to try to get it. Just relax, will you? Hey, it's just going to flow. I mean, it's going to happen with any... Well, you won't be able to stop it. Why? Father's in your eye. So what you want to go after is the Father in your eye. Because all the time the Father's in your eye, this other thing is going to take place. But I just want to make you aware of it, that it'll be present in your life so you won't be shocked well, where is this other thing taking place? Well, he's very specific about it in verse 26. Therefore, my heart. Now, heart is, I, did, I, I don't know why I didn't know this until just a couple months ago. But the word heart, every time the word heart is used in the New Testament, it never refers to the physical, the physical heart. Never. Never. The heart is always the core of your system. The heart is always what makes you who you are. The heart is always the arena of your life that produces you. So when I see something out here, I'm going to trace it back to where it comes from and I'll end up in your heart. So the heart is the spring. The heart is the foundation. The heart is the, the resource. The heart is the sourcing arena of your life. So he says, all the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father, the Father's in his eye, and all the time the Father's in his eye, oh, down deep in the inner core of the life of Jesus, something is going on as a byproduct. Now, this heart thing is really significant. In fact, I want to read you a verse that's found in 1 Peter. You don't need to turn there, but it's 1 Peter chapter uh, 3, verse 3. And this is the verse that we used to preach on when we wanted to preach against jewelry and makeup. And I love the verse because it really gives it to the women. <laughs> Woo! And I'm totally off the hook. I mean, on this one. Wow, thank God there's a scripture I don't have to worry about. <laughs> and it's a little confusing to me. And hey, I don't know what you want to do with this. I shouldn't tell you this stuff. But hey, uh, he uses the word, listen to this. He uses the word merely in this. And I looked at several translations and a lot of the translations have it. So it isn't just the old King James that had it. 
And I don't know how we missed that in days gone by. Because he says, listen to this. Do not, speaking to the women, do not let your adornment be merely outward. Arranging the hair, wearing gold, and putting on fine apparel. Now we treat that you weren't to do it at all. But he says merely. Like, I think it really would help you. So continue. (laughs) So I don't know what you want to do with that, but the word merely shows up there. And I don't know how we old time preachers missed that all this time, but hey, there it is. Anyhow, that's beside the point. (laughs) Listen to this. He says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, putting on fine apparel. Rather, rather, let it be the hidden person of the heart with incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. And all the men said, See, that's the heart. That's this inside core. And even that verse, see, that talks about outward stuff says, hey, what really matters and bottom line stuff here, folks, and we've had fun with that, but what really matters when the bottom line stuff is right down here. Well, how am I going to get this straightened out? He said, don't worry about it. Get the Father in your eye. See, don't go after this down here. Get the Father in your eye. So all the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father, the Father's in his eye, and all the time the Father's in his eye, all down deep inside, in the inner core of his being, something is taking place. Now, what is it that's taking place? Well, again, look at verse 26. He says, therefore my heart rejoiced. Now, if you have the NIV, it switched. Uh, The two phrases are, therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. They switched them. Glad and rejoice. I don't know why they did that. Doesn't matter. We'll deal with the original language. So he says, therefore, my heart rejoiced. Now, the concept of rejoiced here, when you get at the bottom of it, is not Paul said in Philippians, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. That's not the concept. That's not, that's a whole nother deal. Different word, whole nother, whole nother picture. Uh, Jesus in the Beatitudes, the last Beatitude was the persecution Beatitude. And he said, when you're persecuted, rejoice and be exceeding. Not the concept. That's not this. This is a whole, this is altogether different. Again, different word. That's not what he's talking about here. The rejoiced idea here, it's two Greek words put together. And the two, the compound word is, the two words are well and mind. So he's basically saying, all the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father, the Father is in his eye, and all the time the Father is in his eye, down deep in the inner core of Jesus' being, there is this, there is this well mind. Wouldn't it be great to have a well mind? <laughs> How are you doing? My mind's well. <laughs> Woo! That would be so neat. Yeah, my mind's well. 
Oh, come on, in a society, folks, where we're pulling out our hair, in a society where anxiety, in a society where I can't stand things, in a society where I lose my temper, in a society where there's, a, where there's stress and pressure, and you've got a pill, in a society in a, where I take a pill to get up and a pill to get down, man. I go to preaching places, and I feel like going out there and saying, anybody in there? <laughs> we're zoned. Wouldn't it be great to have a well mind? So down deep inside the inner core of this spirit-filled person is this, is this mind that's well, which has the idea, the word is used 14 times in the New Testament, and six of those times it's translated Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, Merry Christmas, Mary. I didn't really know what Mary went meant so I, I I decided I would look it up in the English dictionary and it literally means in the English dictionary high spirited fun <laughs> oh we're getting wild aren't we <laughs> high spirited fun it's a party atmosphere and the interesting thing about the word is it's relational in other words in all 14 times that this word shows up it never happens alone it takes community to do this. Oh. What'd you do last night? Oh, I would just stayed home by myself and had high-spirited fun. <laughs> no, you didn't do this word, brother. You didn't do that. No, not this word. See, this, this is different. This, this takes somebody else. This takes community. This takes, in fact, uh, the prodigal son, this word shows up, I think, twice. In the, in the story. You know the story, of course. Well, he got his inheritance, went off to the riotous land and, and blew all of his money and ended up in a pig pen, uh, which in Indiana would be a, okay. They're, they're air conditioned. But anyhow, uh, in Jewish concept, that's the lowest of the low, you know, that's, or the highest of the high that sin can produce. In other words, the height of sin is pig pen stuff. So you can see him. He's got his bedroll laid out. He's got his toothbrush up there, his hair dryer, and, uh, you know, his comb and, and his mirror. And, 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 and it's really, really great because you can have breakfast in bed. You just reach over and grab a hold of a corn cob the mother sow's been chewing on. You chew on it. And, of course, the old boy, he's, he's covered in pig scum. He smells like a pig. He grunts like a pig. He acts like a pig. He, he, he's a pig boy. And this is the best sin can produce. This is the top. This is where... This is the ultimate. It's an interesting concept because he comes to himself and says, my dad has T-bone steaks that thick. And he started thinking, you know, I would be better off to go home and dig around in the kingdom trash. Kingdom trash is better Kingdom leftover trash is better than the best sin can produce. <laughs> when I found that out, I went out and bought a trailer, brother, and it became kingdom trailer trash. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and traveled in a trailer all over the place. That's an awesome concept. The best sin can produce doesn't even reach up to the trash of the kingdom. He said, I'm going home. 
And he leaped over the fence and ran home. And the dad, of course, ran out and, and embraced his son, kissed him on his pig scum nose and put the ring on his finger and robe and, and hey, get, the, get the band, crank the band up, rock and roll, baby. And, hey, and pour the diet seven up, get the party heads out. And uh, the fatted calf is killed. And woo, it says they made our word. Mary. The party was on. They made Mary. And of course, the older brother, he came in from the field. He'd gotten up at 4 a.m., milked the cows, got in the field, ate the dust of the field all day, came home. The father wouldn't even have a farm if it wasn't for him. He's been so faithful. Heard all this noise. What's going on? Oh, your pig brother's back. Dad came out and said, come on in, son. Not going in there. And the boy looked at his dad and said, you never even gave me a goat to make Mary, this word, with my friends. See, this has the smell of party. The smell of, oh. So the idea, all of this, this concept is, all the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father, the Father's in his eye. And all the time the Father's in his eye, down deep in the inner core of his being, there is this well mind, life is good, everything's okay. Man, circumstances, circumstances can't disturb it. You can't put ripples on my pond. Everything is settled. Life is, whoa, you can't shake me, brother. Why? Because there's this inward confidence. There's this, woo, dance on the table stuff. And I got along with that, all right. I, I, I was rejoicing in that and having a big time. And I found one place where this word is used. And, I, and it just put me on my face and I just can't stand to be there alone so I want to lay it on you. Uh, it's chapter 7 in Acts. So you don't have to go far. But chapter 7, verse 41, and I want you to look at it. Stephen is preaching, of course, to the Hellenistic Jews and he's rehearsing the history of Israel in the sermon. So he's, as he's walking through the history of Israel, he's come to the place where uh, Moses is up on the mountain receiving the law of God. And... While Moses is up on the mountain, of course, the Israelites have, uh, have got, taken off their gold jewelry under the leadership of Aaron and melted down the gold jewelry and have made a golden calf and, and they're dancing around it. And when you come to verse 41, he says this as he describes it. Look at this thing. They made a calf in those days and offered sacrifice to the idols. Can you believe it? Right in the middle of the peak moment in the history of Israel where God is establishing them as a nation. <sighs> Governmental structure is being given to them. The laws of God on, ten, on the tablets of stone are being written out. And all of this is just being handed to them and they are becoming in a new way the people of God in that peak moment with this with this divine intervention take place. You know what's going on down in the base of the mountain in the valley? These brain dead, no good Israelites are melting down their jewelry and 
making some stupid, dumb calf and dancing around the thing. And He says, if you think that's bad, and it was. If you think that's horrible, and it was. It was. If you're abhorred by that, and you should be. He says, I want to top it for you. I want to tell you something worse. Look at the next statement. Verse 41, chapter 7. They made a calf in those days, offered sacrifice to the idol, and rejoiced. There's our word. And rejoiced in the works of their own hands. He says, you know what gave them an inside contentment? You know what gave them, hey, we're going to make it now. You know what gave them an inside well mind? You know what gave them, hey, life is good. You know what gave them the party sense within? You know what gave them a sense of value and worth and significance in their life? It was the... The works of their own hands. And instead of him and all that he is and all of his greatness and all of his involvement and his dreams and his plans for my life, what I've done is I've taken the works of my own hands and that's what satisfies me and that's what meets my need and that's what gives me contentment and that's what makes me sure, hey, I can make it another day now. my face red you know how many times I've done that manly what made you feel good well everybody's whacking me on the back great sermon preacher whoa 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 So what gives me a sense of value? What gives me a sense of oh life is good what gives me a sense of hey everything's okay well, my success. Because when they don't walk, whack me on the back and when they boo and when they throw rotten eggs, I'm, oh. So it isn't him. It's, this really got to me in worship. I love our church. See, we have, in our church, we have this stained glass window right up there. And on Sunday morning, the sun just, whoo, oh, it just gets you goosebumps all over. Oh. And you just sit there and you sing these old hymns and you just raise your hand. Oh, I can just worship. Well, what if the stained glass window isn't there? Oh, what if we don't sing the old hymns? We sing those stupid choruses. I don't care. I can't worship. I, well, well, those stinking drums, I can't. Oh, so it isn't him that I worship. It isn't him that's the sense of, it isn't him that stirs my inner. It isn't him that moves me in my soul. It isn't him that pulls me out of myself. And I say, oh, what is, it's the style. Of music. That's the. get this? And anything that becomes a substitute for him because he wants to be the 
in my eye. And because he's in my eye, then in the depth of my heart, there's this security, there's this value, there's this, everything's okay. There's this, hey, you can't put ripples on my pond, man. Because <laughs> circumstances, ah, they are, they aren't, what of it? Hey, this, this is something so deep within the inner core of my being that life is just, it doesn't depend on the works of my hands. And Because my confidence is, I gotta have this. Well, let's go back to Acts chapter 2. Look at the rest of this. Therefore, my heart rejoiced, the inner core of my being had a well mind so this the picture is all the time Jesus is being sourced by the father the father's in his eye and all the time the father's in his eye at the very core of his inner heart his inner being there is this merriment there is this well mind this confidence this oh life is good you can't put ripples on my pond and he says not only that but my tongue was glad now tongue is an awful translation in fact if you go back to uh, if you go to actually to in your Bible, if you take your same Bible and go back to Psalms chapter 16, it won't say tongue, which this is quoted from. The idea is not tongue as much as it is, and I have no idea where they got that, but the idea is countenance. In other words, it's the face. It's the glory idea. It's the countenance of the person. And the idea of glad is, it's, that is two Greek words put together, which is much to leap, which is the, the Old Testament Greek word that was constantly used for dancing. <laughs> this is really getting wild. In other words, he says, all the time Jesus is being sourced by the Father, the Father's in my eye, and all the time the Father's in, his my, in my eye, down deep in my inner heart, there's this, there's this merriment, there's this party, there's this pour the diet siphon up, this blow the party, uh, party whistles and put the party hat on, and there's this, everything's okay. In fact, it's moved into my emotions. It's moved into my nervous star. In fact, I've got a dancing face. <laughs> Often in services, we video uh, the service. Um, what, I, what, I, what I've really wanted to do was, I, I'm for videoing, it's okay. But what I'd really like to do is not video this way, video that way. <laughs> and send you a copy. <laughs> so you can see what you look like. <laughs> Woo! Do you have a dancing face? dancing face does your face dance wow that's phenomenal isn't it so again the picture is all the time Jesus is being sourced by the father am I going over this too much all the time Jesus is being sourced by the father the father's in his eye and all the time the father's in his eye oh down deep in his inner heart there's this merriment there's this party there's this well mind there's this hey you can't put ripples on my bond it's moved into my emotions moved into my nervous system in fact I've got a dancing face and then look what he does moreover <laughs> when I read that, I picked myself up on the floor and said, oh, brother, moreover, in addition to that, oh, man, you've already stretched my rubber band to the breaking point. 
I've gotten as wild as I'm going to get, son. I'm already dancing on the table. What else, what else could there be, man? Moreover, moreover, in addition to that, what could there be? He says, my flesh also will rest in hope. Now, that's a little misleading. It's not everybody agrees. All the Bible scholars agree that flesh is the physical body. So Jesus is talking about his own crucifixion and physical body. My flesh will rest means pitch your tent, load up the U-Haul truck, everything you own and move down. Where are you going to move down? Not in hope. You're going to move down into the father in my eye, which is going to give you hope. So here's the picture. All the time Jesus is being sourced by the father. The father's in his eye. All the time the father's in his eye down deep in his inner being. There's this merriment. There's party. This oh, life is good. Oh, you can't put ripples on my pond. In fact, it's moved into my emotions, moved into my nervous system. In fact, I got a dancing face. Moreover, my whole entire physical body is responding to this. (sighs) Doctors are really interesting. They're intelligent. Uh, The reason I know that is you can't read their writing. Uh, So you go to this doctor, you go to this doctor, and I say, doc, oh, oh, doc, pain, bad pain, bad pain. And he looks at me and says, how are you getting along with your wife? And I say, bug off. None of your business. Right here, right here, pain, pain. He says, you got any stress at your job? What's his problem? He knows that there is this strong connection between this physical body and the inner spiritual condition of the life. And that I was not meant to be God and I was not meant to be under stress and I was not meant to be under pressure. And when I'm under stress and under pressure, oh, forevermore, it does something to my physical being. I was meant to let him be. I was meant for the, oh, down deep inside there's this well mind and it's moved into. In fact, I got a, I was meant for that. I wasn't meant for, oh, what am I going to do? I, was, I wasn't meant for, oh, how am I going to handle this? When I came up here, I got a rental. And it's, stress is really interesting. But stress is always related to ownership. And so when I came up here, I got a rental. You know how many times I've checked the oil? (laughs) I'm not checking the oil. What? Not my car. I don't give a rip. I don't own the thing. I'm totally relaxed about that car. Well, let's go shopping. Where do you want to go? Walmart, man. Where are we going to park? Right up there. Awful tight. I don't care. (laughs) It's a rental. Come on. I just bought this uh, new BMW and I just, oh, don't, don't slam the door when you get it. Wipe your shoes off. See what ownership does to you. Wouldn't it be something to live a stress-free life? How could you do that? Don't own anything. Well, I got 15 kids. What do you want me to do with them? Get rid of them! (laughs) Well, who wants them? Jesus does. (laughs) It's the only shot you got. Don't have a wife. Give her to Jesus. 
See, don't have a ministry. Oh, it's my ministry. Oh, that'll eat your lunch. That'll literally tear you up. Why? Because people don't cooperate. <laughs> you laymen just won't. <laughs> so if you have a ministry, it'll just kill you. You'll be full of anxiety. Oh. So don't have a ministry. See, wouldn't it be something if this is not about my life, if this is about him living his life through me, not me living my life for him? Wouldn't it be something if I didn't own this thing? See, that's got to become a reality, folks. See, I've quit challenging teenagers. Give your talent to Jesus. He doesn't need your talent. Good night. He can create children of Abraham out of stones. He can produce people who sing better than you do out of rocks. Rockheads are better. So, come on. This is not about my talent for Jesus and all. See, wouldn't it be something if this was about Him indwelling me and merging with me and beginning to move through me to produce a whole new, wow, sourcing me. And, a, and I'm, I'm relaxed and it's not my deal. I don't carry this. See, you've got to move into that. Because that's a, that's a surrender and a relaxed thing. So his whole picture, I'm trying to explain Pentecost to you. What's going on in the 120? Same thing that was going on in Jesus. What was going on in Jesus? Come here, Jesus, give a testimony. Jesus says, oh, I was sourced by the Father. And all the time I was sourced by the Father. The Father was in my eye. Oh, in my eye. It captivated me. He was the total focus of my life. And all the time he was in my eye as a byproduct of that. Down deep in the inner interior of my being, the heart, there was this well mind. There was this merriment. There was this party thing. There was this, you can't put ripples on my pond. There was this rest. There was this contentment. There was this life is good. It's all okay. And it moved into my emotions and moved into my nervous structure. In fact, I've got a dancing face. In fact, my whole physical body is just responding to this. Whew. Jesus, I got to have this. I, 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 Jesus, you've you got to be this in me. And I realize, oh God, that this is not just, not just, not just an experience at an altar, although that's good. And, and, and I'm going to kneel again tonight and cry out to you for, for some kind of happening in my life that will move me to a higher level of this. But this is not just a moment. This is, this is the way you want me to live, isn't it? And Lord, this is so almost far-fetched that in the midst of the difficulties of life and the upsets and the problems that we go through and, and, and finances and, and all this kind of things in the physical that we deal with, we could live in a kick your shoes off, lean back kind of deal. Where you are our well mind. And Lord, we really get after the Ten Commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. We really go after that. But you gave us some commandments. Do not worry. You told us that. And could it be all the stress and all the anxiety that I experience in my life is a, 
is, a, is a, an indication of, the, of my lack of intimacy and oneness and surrender and with you. That I don't know you well enough. Please, God. And I know I don't, I don't have to beg you, but please, Jesus, break through all the calluses. Be a bulldozer tonight that would just plow through all the barriers and obstacles that I don't even know about in my life. Just plow through my life. Just clean me out. Just do a thing, your thing. Get in my eye like you've never been before. Capture me. Heads about, you've been so kind. Um, no pressure. Again, this is not intimidation. This is invitation. Who wouldn't want to fall at his feet tonight? Who wouldn't want to take all the cares that you've experienced today and just bring them all in here, don't leave them at the door, bring them all in here and just fall at his feet, just fall in his arms. let him carry you oh dear friend you're you're battle you're fighting battles you don't you you don't need to fight you're in a war you don't need to be in you're checking the oil that you don't need to check Moments of seeking. Holders open, the obedient. <laughs>